I'm Dr. David Lowe. I am uh, pleased to be able to give you some uh, ideas and uh, some bases for our health ministry. I come to you from uh, Southern California. So I don't know whether to address you morning or afternoon, depending on what time zone you're in, but um, we are happy to be with you. Um, I was a graduate of Loma Linda University School of Medicine, class of 71, and did um, pediatrics residency at Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, and uh, spent a couple of years in the Air Force, and then came to Camarillo, where we started a practice, and uh, shortly thereafter got involved with health ministry at the Camarillo Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is in Southern California, and we are living nearby in a town called Somas. So the impetus for us kind of restarting our health ministry, because it kind of went lapse for a, a few years after initially starting some programs, and then we started getting back into it. But the impetus was at a church board meeting, the head deacon proposed this question. If your church closed tomorrow, would anyone in the community notice or would they even care? And so that got me to thinking that we need to do something with more impact in our community in which the community would actually maybe notice or miss us if we were gone. And so my goal came to be to make the Camarillo Seventh-day Adventist Church the center, the go-to place for anyone in the community who was interested in health, hope, and healing. And so we set about doing a number of things in regards to health ministry. So to begin with, though, I wanted to uh, tie in with the theme of this year's um, conference, which is the touch of faith. And I had always been under kind of a, a, a belief that Jesus was surrounded by this crowd that was impeding his trip to um, Jairus's house to heal his uh, dying daughter, and, uh, and then randomly this woman weaves her way in through the crowd to just barely touch Jesus' garment, and uh, it would have been totally unnoticed except for the fact that Jesus calls attention to it. And that was kind of my, my initial paradigm about this story. But in, in, in studying it further, and I ran across another kind of Ellen White's description of the story in Ministry of Healing. And so I, I wanted to bring that to you because it, it gives you the kind of the, some of the principles by which we have been doing health ministry uh, in, in our team called Besties. And this is from Ministry of Healing, page 59. She had spent all her means upon physicians and remedies only to be pronounced incurable. But as she heard of the great healer, her hopes revived. She thought, if only I could get near enough to speak to him, I might be healed. Christ was on his way to the home of Jairus, the Jewish rabbi, who had entreated him to come and heal his daughter. The heartbroken petition, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed had touched the tender, sympathetic heart of Christ, and he at once set out with the ruler for his home. They advanced but slowly, for the crowd pressed Christ on every side. 
In making his way through the multitude, the Savior came near to where the afflicted woman was standing. Again and again, she tried in vain to get near him. Now her opportunity had come. She could see no way of speaking to him. She would not seek to hinder his slow advance. But she had heard that healing came from a touch of his garments. And fearful of losing her one chance for relief, she pressed forward, saying to herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Here's where it changes for me. Christ knew every thought of her mind. And he was making his way to where she stood. He realized her great need and he was helping her to exercise faith. So Jesus knew of this woman. He wasn't just set on a course and then was somehow touched by this woman. He knew this woman's thoughts. He knew her problem. And he was making his way intentionally to, near to where she stood, helping her to exercise faith. And then later it says, after she's healed, Jesus says, somebody had touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Christ did not ask the question for his own information. He had a lesson for the people, for his disciples, and for the woman. He wished to inspire the afflicted with hope. So here you see that Jesus has been going around healing and teaching, preaching. And as he's doing this on a consistent basis, there's some kind of knowledge or a reputation that goes out into the communities which is eliciting response from people that are seeking to be healed. And he's offering them some type of hope. And so they, because of his intentions of, of regularly going and healing, preaching and teaching, they are being drawn to him. And they are being given enough trust and faith to believe that they can be healed by just even touching the hem of his garment. But I see this as not just a lesson for the people and the disciples or for the woman, but remember the context. If you study these two stories together uh, as a pair, the healing of the woman with the hemorrhage and the healing of Jairus's daughter, actually raising her to life, this is brought out because Jesus wants to increase the faith of Jairus. He is on his way to, to heal Jairus's daughter, but he is soon to hear something really devastating, and that is that his daughter has died. Why bother Jesus anymore? It's too late and gone. But as you look at the similarity of these stories, you see that Jesus is intentionally building Jairus's faith as well. Even though Jairus had enough faith to ask Jesus to come heal his daughter, he may not have enough faith to think that Jesus can resurrect his daughter from the dead. And so Jesus brings the testimony of this woman he said, lay your hands on my daughter so she can be well. This woman touches Jesus, even though she is unclean. He addresses her as daughter. He brings out the detail that this woman has been sick for 12 years. Jairus' daughter is 12 years old. So each time Jesus is mocked when they say, who touched me? And they're going like, what kind of a question is that? They're kind of laughing at Jesus and scoffing at him like, why would you say something like that? He touched me. Whereas when they get to Jairus' house and Jesus says, she's not dead but sleeping, 
they laugh at him and scoff at him again. So there's so many similarities here. Jesus is building the faith of Jairus so that Jesus can indeed resurrect his daughter. So it goes on here that Jesus wished to show that it was faith which had brought the healing power. The woman's trust must not be passed by without comment. God must be glorified by her grateful confession. Christ desired her to understand that and that he approved of her act of faith. And so as we start, you can see that the powerful things are is in health ministry, things must be done regularly and consistent in order to, to elicit some type of faith and trust. And the other thing is, is that the power of testimonials is that as people share what's happened to them, it increases the faith of others to either come or those who are in their cohort class to have increased uh, trust and faith in the changes that can happen to them. And so this is how we start. Raylene is going to give us some, give you some uh, aspects of how we weave the spiritual aspects of the program into the things that we do. So in this section, I'll be quoting some of my favorite Bible texts, along with a few of Mrs. White's writings reminding us that health ministry is the right arm of the gospel. In Testimonies, Volume 1, Mrs. White says, it should ever be kept prominent that the great object to be attained is not only health, but the spirit of holiness, which cannot be attained with diseased bodies and minds. God will raise up men and qualify them to engage in the work, not only as physicians of the body, but of the sin-sick soul. Follow-up Bible health studies after workshops such as our Diabetes Undone Plus or 36 Hours to Wellness is a great way to stay in touch with alumni and share the gospel. During Christ's life on earth, he went about healing the suffering and the sick. And like the woman who had such faith that if she touched his hem, she would be healed, there were many that waited for Jesus to come to their town. He had a special compassion for them. And as Dr. Dave just said, Jesus moved towards the woman intentionally. In Ministry of Healing, Ellen White says, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. After his crucifixion, before he ascended to his father, Jesus tasked his disciples to continue healing the sick and preaching the gospel, and left them with the Holy Ghost. So it continues for us today. We are privileged to have the opportunity to help those that God has sent to us. We ask for the Holy Spirit daily to dwell within us so that we may have the heart 
to help those that are waiting for God's healing. At our events, meetings, classes, and seminars, we pray for the participants and thank God for blessing our time together. Simple things like a prayer before each meal puts everyone in the spirit of community and love. There is a work to be done for God. Those that are inspired with the spirit of Christ will show kindness to the afflicted. Luke says, we will be fruit-bearing branches of the living vine. Let's use Christ's methods, our time and abilities, along with the opportunities presented us to bring them to Jesus. Opportunities are on every hand. Yes, health ministry is of the heart. In order to have perfect health, our hearts must be filled with love and hope and joy. We might not have the resources to reach thousands, but we know through our experience that when besties are prepared to do the work, God will bring them to us. We need to meet their needs, let them know we care for their well-being, be able to help when we can, and develop a trust relationship. So as friendships and caring builds, they come to trust you and know that you care. And you care because God has put that love in your heart. John says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. One of our favorite events is the Sabbath experience, which grew out of our Diabetes Undone Plus workshop. On the session five video, Dr. Youngberg talks about taking a special day to rest. So we took this opportunity to create the Sabbath experience. The whole class, including their families, is invited out to the Avocado Ranch to spend the Sabbath day with us. Even though this was not a required attendance, we had almost a whole class sign up to join, blessing families. Hence, our Sabbath experience was born. A simple, restful day of getting to know each other better, a morning talk about spiritual health and why we rest on Saturday, a whole food plant-based lunch, a walk in the avocado grove immediately following lunch, and then we continue with an afternoon health talk. And we end this wonderful and blessed day by bringing out our ukuleles and singing a song together with the group. Healthful Living tells us that the Lord requires a living sacrifice of mind, soul, body, and strength. All that we have and are is to be given to him that we may answer the purpose of our creation. So Flo, will you talk about how God brought Bessies together to do health ministry? Certainly. Well, Dave and I have been doing health ministries at the Camrio Seventh-day Adventist Church um, for the last 25 to 30 years, on and off. And as I was entering into another 
12-week session of longevity lifestyle. And I was really dreading it and quite ambivalent. But this is how great and how God works. We had a friend, I had a friend who was previously in one of my CHIP classes who kept saying, you need to go over to see me and check out their health ministry. So I was a little reluctant because my schedule was rather full. But after several urging, I finally went over to see me and I met that team. When we met, it was instant. We became instant best friends. That's how our name Besties came about. We had many strengths, but one passion. To create best foods, we were best friends creating best foods for best health so that we could share God's love and his healing power in our lives. So our team of five is comprised of Gene, whose day job is really, he's a contractor, a building contractor. But he moderates our programs and he kind of directs us. He's also a computer genius who is not quite a computer genius after today's glitches. But anyway, he is also a sous chef and he makes our sauces and he bakes bread, incredible breads. He also makes all our vegan cheeses and turns it into just the most delectable, different cheese each time. Now his wife, Raylene, she comes with all the food and menu ideas. She writes her own recipes and has put together a wonderful, published a wonderful cookbook. Her passion is to make delicious vegan food, appealing and just absolutely memorable. And Kevin, her brother, Raylene's brother, he's an architect in his day job. But he's also our personal trainer, so he puts us through exercises after meals. And he is also our dessert. I call him the dessert master because he creates all these amazing desserts and makes them into vegan so that it's a totally non-guilt dish. Now, Dave, my husband, his day job, he's the chief medical officer at the California State Youth Correctional Facility right here in Camarillo. He is constantly reading and attending, reading medical journals and books and attending all kinds of uh, whole food plant-based conferences. He writes up all the different um, new talks on all the latest medical breakthrough. And me, I am just the hospitality person here. I'm assistant to our sous chef. And I also help with the floral designs if we need some. And blood draws because I was a nurse before. So having a team 
you know, prevents burnout, increases the fun, gets our creative ideas going, and supports support for one another. As you can see, each member of this team wears many hats while we do God's will. And anyway, Kevin will tell you more about all the different programs that we do. So tell us more about besties and all the things that we do. Okay, so I'm the Kevin part of besties. And um, talking about besties, uh, I just wanted to say that a few years ago, um, our group besties decided to hold a local health ministry summit because we wanted to connect with other churches and we also wanted to find out what other churches were doing by way of health ministry. So we invited pastors and laypersons from several Seventh-day Adventist churches and asked them to be part of our discussion. Most of those who attended indeed were, had the burden to do health ministry because they believed that the health message is the right arm of the gospel. But some were uncertain about what to do, and so the question was posed. What can we as a church do to bring health ministry or the health message to our community? In her book, Medical Ministry, Ellen White gives a simple and logical answer that says, begin to do medical missionary work with the conveniences which you have at hand. And I thought about that, and it brought to my mind the diversity of gifts talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I also thought about um, the 10 talents um, in Matthew 25. And sometimes you forget that God has given us talents which we have at hand, and he wants us to use them according to our ability. As Flo mentioned, um, before Betsy's was formed, we were doing um, healthy living classes in our respective churches. But ever since we joined together, I have come to realize how important it is to have a team and how much more effective we can be when we pull together our resources and our uh, individual talents. 1 Corinthians 12.14 says, the body is not one member, but many. But we're also reminded in verse 27 that we are the body of Christ. And in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So God has entrusted us, besties, and all of you who will take up the work of evangelism to finish what Jesus began here on earth. And his answer to our question of what can we do to bring the health message to our community can be found in 1 Corinthians 12.31. And he says, But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And I just thought that this was a wonderful promise to anyone who uses their talents to God. So over the years, because of many um, programs that we have done, we have actually gained several hundred contacts. And I have to say that the most effective component of our health ministry is mingling with the people because we really do desire their good. We also sympathize with their ailments, minister to their needs, and as a result, we gain their confidence. Or as Ellen White says it best, this is Christ's method alone. She also tells us in the Ministry of Healing, Chapter 9, in almost every community, 
There are large numbers who do not listen to the preaching of God's word or attend any religious service. And she goes on to say, often the relief of their physical needs is the only avenue by which they can be approached. And when I read this, it really opened up my eyes to the need of health ministries in every church. So then what kind of health programs can we do to attract the community? Well, some of the ones that we have done are CHIP, Longevity Lifestyle Matters, and Diabetes Undone, all of which are programs we purchased and held at the church. On the other hand, we've also done free programs such as Vegan Gourmet Club, which is a once a month whole food plant-based potluck that is open to the community and anyone that is interested in a whole food plant-based diet. Of course, this was all done through COVID. And so here is just a list of uh, some of the many programs that we have done that you can consider. Uh, Heartbeat, which is a coronary artery disease risk evaluation program. Health fairs, which had multiple health screenings. We did film showings with Q and A's and some of the films I'm sure you're familiar with, Forks Over Knives, Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead, Got Milk, What the Health. There are also Saturday seminars on health topics such as heart disease, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, Alzheimer's disease. And then there's a full plate living program which uh, focuses on fiber and emotional eating. Then there's CHIP and CHIP stands for Complete Health Improvement Program. There's Nedley Depression Recovery Program which was developed by Dr. Neil Nedley um, of Remar. Longevity Lifestyle Matters, which is a brain-based program developed by Dr. Arlene Taylor. And then, as I touched on earlier, Vegan Gourmet Club, which is uh, a potluck format with some educational um, videos and maybe a speaker. And this was actually a follow-up to our programs that would offer continued support to those who had uh, just come off our other programs. And this is also a good program to do for those who want to ease into the um, health ministry program. Then uh, we've also done three farmers markets, which uh, where we did food demos and, and food tasting. There's a taste and see event, which uh, we show documentary films uh, such as Eating You Alive and The Game Changers, also followed by Q&A and uh, taste uh, testings. Then there's a whole conference, which stands for the why and how of life promoting eating, which is an annual event featuring internationally known speakers and chefs for a one day event. And it included a whole food plant-based breakfast and lunch. And I just wanted to say that um, this year where we had, uh, had the program in February, 2020, we had our largest attendance of 600 people. We've also done health talks at local universities on the subject of blue zones or optimal diet. And what Betsy's also does is a private supper club uh, for up to 12 people where we serve a gourmet whole food plant-based um, dinner. There's cooking classes uh, where the format is um, a four hour class with up to eight students. And we show them how to prepare various whole food plant-based meals. And then recently, Bessie's had developed a 36-hour wellness program, which is a three-day intensive program, which helps people transition over to a whole food plant-based diet and a healthy lifestyle. And that included education, cooking skills, grocery shopping, food label reading, 
exercise instruction and a one-week menu planning. And we also gave them individual counseling. We also visited Seventh-day Adventist churches and preached a sermon on the subject of Ellen White's health reform diet. And in the afternoon, we showed uh, the documentary Eating You Alive, followed by Q&A, and of course, uh, taste testing. And this event was actually to help individual churches jumpstart their own health uh, ministry program. And then finally, there's the Diabetes Undone Plus. This is an eight-week program developed by Dr. Wes Youngberg. And the plus basically being that Betsy's added uh, components from other programs. So these are the most of the programs that we have done. And now I'm gonna turn it over to Gene, who will talk about what elements make an effective health ministry. Hi, um, so now you've heard uh, so many things about Betsy's and what we have done. And I'm, what makes a health ministry program effective? Well, that can include a lot of things, but I'm just gonna give you some uh, four basic ideas here. And first of all, I wanna say, make God the center of your life and ministry. Um, as you've heard from Raylene and from David and Kevin, it is a big part of what we do. We, we want to make sure that we're doing um, every aspect of our ministry according to God's uh, counsel and his message. And secondly, we also want to make health ministry a lifestyle. Now we're teaching lifestyle, healthy lifestyle to people, but ministry is also a lifestyle. We live our ministry. And so that's also another very important aspect of um, as you consider doing health ministries, is that is this a lifestyle that you can attain? And thirdly, we need to have the love of God in our hearts. And that is uh, another really critical um, underpinning for everything you do. You must have love for your fellow man. You must have that love in your heart. And that's why our title is, you know, Health Ministries Where the Heart Is, because it's really that important. Um, so how do we have a God-centered ministry? Well, obviously it starts with a personal relationship with God. Um, each of us uh, who are members of Besties, we have our own personal um, study. We are each on our own journey to be closer to God. And through that, you know, we are able to um, include that in our relationships with each other and as we work in our ministry. Um, how do we do this? Well, the basis of this is obviously the Bible and spirit of prophecy. You heard many quotes from that uh, today in our talk. Well, it is, we share these things with each other. We are studying on our own. And through this study and understanding the spirit of prophecy, um, it builds our desire to serve God. And that's where you get this third point, is have a strong desire to serve God and to save souls. That only comes from a 
personal desire to be close to God. And from that, the Bible is a book of action. It doesn't, as you study the Bible, it doesn't um, encourage you just to do nothing. As you, the more you study, the more that you have this desire to have an action for God. And so that's where that comes from. It, it's foundational in our personal relationship with God, our personal study, and then God gives you the desire to serve. So why is all this so important? Well, health ministries is difficult to do. It requires a lot of sacrifice. And sometimes when it gets hard, this is where you can rely on God. His promises um, for us is to be our, uh, our support. So we are more than able to do some of the things. Sometimes, as Flo is saying, you know, we it is tiring. And sometimes you do get discouraged. But that's where the strong faith and our, um, our reliance on God will get us through. Um, the other parts of this is making life ministry a lifestyle. What does that mean? Well, it means that you live what you learn. You live according to God's principles. And as we learn, as Dave brings more information to us, we incorporate it into our lives. You must live it, and you must um, live it fully in order to have the ability to teach it and to have uh, people understand or respect uh, what you're saying. Also, because it's a lifestyle, it's consistent. We do these, um, we plan, we think about our planning for all of our ministries uh, that we do. We plan it throughout the year. We want to have many programs where people can continue to connect. After they do our main program, then there's other things that they can share with their friends, invite them to a, uh, a movie showing or a vegan gourmet club or any of the other things. And so in order for your health ministry to be effective, you have to have other areas where they can connect with you. Um, so as a group, we spend a, quite a bit of time evaluating and thinking about, well, was that program effective? What more can we do? How better can we serve um, our participants? And the last part, having the love of God in your heart. We run every program, and here's a principle that I'd like to share. Run every program as if you're running it for Jesus, that he's going to be there, and you're going to serve him. We, so as we plan these programs, we do it with that kind of a heart, that kind of a mind. And we also care for the participants as if we would for Jesus. So what does that mean? If we're preparing food, if we're inviting people, um, we will plate and serve the food as if you were serving it to Jesus. And so what kind of care and approach would you take when you think about it in that way? And so um, now I'm going to have Raylene come in because we talk about food and it's a very important part of our ministry. One of the biggest obstacles for people is food. It's very hard for them to change their diet. So we, as you've heard, we prepare foods in such a way 
to help people understand what eating a healthy meal looks like. It's not going to be just salads and that kind of stuff. It's actually we want to give them a present food in such a way that it will make a difference that they know that they can do this. So Ray, why don't you speak a little bit about our food program? So I would like to tell you about Juan. Juan was a middle-aged man with type 2 diabetes who did not want to take the Diabetes and Done Plus workshop that his wife enrolled in. It. He came anxiously to just observe while his wife took the class. And it was tofu and the tasty whole food plant-based oil-free dishes that convinced him he could transition to a healthier diet. You see, Juan hated tofu and he refused to eat it. His wife, Marianne, loved tofu, but could never cook it at home. When he experienced that he could enjoy tasty whole food, plant-based food, especially foods from his own culture, as well as a variety of comfort foods along with fresh local farm produce, he was excited to transition and ended up taking the workshop for himself the next time around. Marion and Juan are happily eating tofu and greens at home today and attend our pre-COVID once a month vegan gourmet club potluck, which we are hoping to start up again very soon. Health Living tells us that the diseased body is caused by improper eating and drinking and wrong habits. This in turn causes a disordered brain and hinders the work of sanctifying grace upon the mind and heart. We have consistently found that through divine grace and a love for good, tasty, palatable food, we have been able to successfully encourage our classes to try a healthier diet. The only requirement we have in class is that they try it at least once. So when you're looking at some of these pictures, I think you might even want to try it more than once. Food is an important part of our lives. It brings family and friends and community together. We celebrate life and death, holidays and special occasions with food. We need food to sustain us. We barter and trade and buy food. We have found tasty food to be a necessary element for effective health ministry. Whether it's a meal during workshops, breakfast after a blood draw, tastings at a documentary showing, cooking classes, or menu planning during our 30 hour, 36 hours to wellness program. When they start eating tasty food and realize that it's whole food, plant-based, and even oil-free, they want to know how to prepare it for themselves. We have many wonderful and happy transition stories, all because people were able to experience tasty dishes from our menu of traditional and comfort foods, foods from different cultures and ethnicities, including original besties recipes and menus. 
We even have a cookbook with original besties favorites. Another very effective way to encourage people to try a whole food plant-based health food diet is the presentation of the food. Because we believe that the visual perception of food and taste go together. If it looks beautiful, it must taste delicious. And so far, Besties has not disappointed. We also realize that we need to help them prepare these meals at home. So we include a short cooking demo of the dishes that we have prepared for them during workshop session. We have recipe handouts for their binders and take this time to discuss the benefits of the produce and products we are using. God intended for us to use unprocessed fruits, grains, legumes, greens, and with a simple preparation, creative ideas, and natural seasonings, we are able to produce visually pleasing and delicious tasting food. We teach them that the food they are eating will provide our bodies with the disease-fighting functions, and we can put God's principles to practical use as these foods provide fiber for digestion and regulates the proper absorption of fats and nutrition. They understand that when given God's health rules, we can acquaint ourselves with them, learn and follow them, which will allow our body to work properly and efficiently. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as you have heard, we have had so many, um, we've done so many different types of classes and cooked so many meals. And through our long experience, we have come to the conclusion that, you know, using a basic program as the basis for your, for your um, classes is really good place to start. So what we have chosen to do over after trying so many different programs, is to settle on the Diabetes Undone class as the basis of our program. But we've done, obviously, with our thoughts and our, our guidance from God, we've decided to do what we call Diabetes Undone Plus. Now, David will share with you how we do this program and how it has been extremely effective. So I'm happy to share with you um, how we have taken the Basic Diabetes Undone program and um, changed it into what we call Diabetes Undone Plus with all due respects to Dr. Wes Youngberg. Uh, the basic program uh, to start it up is a little, a mild low startup cost of $249 for the leader's kit, which includes the materials like the uh, workbook and the cookbook, as well as the um, DVDs that are used in the group session. And uh, there is subsequently a $99 fee for uh, each time that you run additional programs. On the DVDs are video presentations by Dr. Wes Youngberg and dietitian Brenda Davis in regards to um, how to undo diabetes or reverse particularly type 2 diabetes. They are given a workbook 
and journal. They're also given a cookbook. And um, usually in these sessions, originally it was uh, eight sessions and it was supposed to be given uh, twice a week for, um, for four weeks. On the videos, uh, besides this, the presentations by Dr. Youngberg and Brenda Davis, at the end there's a cooking demo of a um, recipe. And then people are given the opportunity to uh, be given samples of the cooked recipe for their enjoyment. These sessions can be facilitated by a medical or even a non-medical person. So we decided to do something different and it came about um, after doing all the programs that Kevin talked about. It was to uh, kind of amalgamate some of the best aspects of all the programs, but using the Diabetes Undone program as the core, as the, as the video content. And so we surrounded it with things like stretching it out to once a week for eight weeks because they also had to do homework videos in between sessions. And when we did it the, the first way, twice a week for four weeks, it went by so fast, people hardly got a grasp of the concepts and we didn't feel very satisfied with that. And there was no way to really measure changes within a four week time that was uh, very meaningful or significant. And so what we did instead was stretch it out to eight weeks and um, do expanded sessions. So instead of about a one hour session, we decided to do three hour sessions. Now, how we would promote it would be in the flyer you just saw. We would promote it through our other programs. So whether it was at the whole conference, whether it was through the Vegan Gourmet Club, whether it was through the alumni who have gone through the Diabetes Undone uh, class, whether it's church members, uh, anybody who we come in contact with are given a flyer in which uh, they can promote the program and get people to sign up. We've even had Dr. Wes Hemingberg come to our church and give a weekend uh, presentations. And so that would also elicit a, a, a lot of interest in signing up for the classes. So we, instead of it being a usual $49 charge for the materials for each participant, uh, we have, because we're expanding the program, we charge $299 for each person. And uh, they're also given, in addition to that, some extra materials. So one of the things we do is uh, we give them 11 meals, eight of which are um, dinner and two are breakfasts that are done after each uh, blood draw and one lunch, which occurs during the Sabbath experience. Uh, we do two sets of measurements, uh, which include their pulse, their blood pressure, their height, their weight, frame size, determination at the beginning. We repeat the uh, weight and blood pressure and pulse on um, the second measurement. And the blood tests that we do are fasting. We do a fasting glucose, lipid panel, hemoglobin A1C, insulin, and vitamin D. So that's uh, all of the things that will go into the diabetes undone plus. In addition to other things that we do in regards to extra education, and we give them handouts on my presentations. Uh, they're given 
copies of recipes and Kevin's exercise instruction sheets so that they can um, uh, keep those in their binder. So on the very first day is the busy, one of the busiest days of our program because we start out seven in the morning, people coming in scheduled every 15 minutes to get their measurements done, to get their blood drawn, to fill out this lifestyle evaluation form, which goes into a little bit of their health history and their diet and their lifestyle. And then there's areas on the form for me to enter their blood tests. Uh, there's a section that we can enter their uh, anthropomorphic me measurements and also some area for comments for me to make after I collate um, their history, their medication list, their lifestyle kind of evaluation, their blood tests, and then we go into giving them things in which they need to really focus on during the program that's, uh, that they are starting. When they come in for the first session, which is later that afternoon, we end the testing about noon, and then at four o'clock that afternoon starts the first session. And when they come in, they are put in groups of about six, um, assigned to a table with a host, a table leader, who is going to help them get organized, help them communicate with one another, get their contact information, because they will be in charge of uh, keeping that group together, of uh, communicating with them during the following week, making sure they are um, following the program, to encourage them, to answer any questions, to make sure they're watching the homework videos. And then they also, um, serve as a kind of a liaison between us and the participants if, if any problems or, or questions come up. They also uh, will try to get materials to people if they happen to miss a, a meeting so that um, they're not losing out too much if they don't get to a meeting. Uh, so during a typical um, session, uh, when they come in, we give them this Diabetes Undone Plus Daily Goals form. For them, we want them to start focusing on some short-term goals. Um, and we tell them that we're keeping track of their points from week to week so that um, the person who gets the most goal points uh, may get a, an award. So there's such things as drinking enough water to have very pale or clear urine once a day exercise at least 15 minutes after at least one meal for that day, to eat breakfast that day, to have a serving of legumes and two servings of vegetables in a day, to sleep between seven and eight hours uh, for the night, and to avoid all sodas and sugary drinks. Uh, and then they can add some goals of their own, a replacement goal or a personal goal that they want to achieve and, and we also give them extra points if they do the exercises that Kevin has given them or they cook the actual recipes that Raylene gave them uh, during the prior week. So we uh, give them the additional materials that they will be getting that session to put in their binders. We, if there's been a homework video before that session, we review that go through the workbook with them and answering the questions, making sure they got the questions correct after the homework video. Uh, we usually do a question and answer uh, session and we also 
try to get them to tell us what their challenges are, what are their problems. And, and also what things that they're experiencing, what changes they are experiencing, which initially in the very earliest phases within week one or two, they're already telling us um, they have increased energy, they have the mental fog is lifted, they have increased alertness and focus. They may have decreased pain. Uh, some of them already are experiencing lowering of their blood sugars and blood pressures, and some are losing weight. So after we go through the video presentations uh, from the uh, video in the series, then uh, we have a uh, whole food plant-based oil-free meal plan for them. So it's a full meal. And after they, while they're eating, we give them a cooking demonstration about some of the things that they're eating for the night. And this is followed by Kevin's session on exercise. So we want them to get used to doing some exercise immediately after they eat. And Kevin does all kinds of interesting things. He teaches them how to warm up, how to cool down and stretch, uh, how to uh, focus on various areas in regards to exercise, whether it's uh, strength training, whether it's balance, whether it's the core strengthening, whether it's the abs, the glutes, uh, the lower extremities, uh, all of these things he goes over, the Tabata, the uh, exercise protocol, these types of things that he gives them that are really helpful in, in helping them to do an exercise program. And then after that, I will do an extra educational piece, which uh, can involve a number of different subjects, but we try to cover these during the uh, eight-week course because the, the second session night is on on giving them the results but the first night we try to give them the optimal diet an overview uh, then later there's always these questions about carbs and sweeteners so I try to cover that we go over chronic inflammation because it's the basis of a lot of the chronic diseases and so they have an understanding about chronic inflammation we give them instruction on how to read food labels, which is a very interesting one. They really become knowledgeable about reading uh, nutrition facts, labels, and this opens their eyes to what they've been eating, and it also gives them skills in which they can discern which foods they can be eating and which foods they should stay away from. We cover calorie density, as a, particularly as a means of weight control and weight loss. And then we have a session on superimmunity using the acronym G-BOMBS, which was coined by Dr. Joel Berman. Well, we do have, uh, I wanted you to focus on some of the special sessions that are a little unique. So it's at the first session that we give them their lab results back. So one week after they were drawn, we give them the following week, as well as their lifestyle evaluation form with my comments. And during the fifth session, well, during that first session, when they come, we tell them to reserve the Sabbath after the fifth session is going to happen. We don't tell them exactly what is going to happen. We just tell them, you know, there's going to be this special date. We want you to save it if you can. And it's, it's an opportunity for you to spend extra time with us. I and mean, that's all we say. After that fifth session, when Dr. Youngberg talks about sleep and then he goes into rest and he introduces Sabbath, then we invite them, the class and their families to come and spend Sabbath to get a Sabbath experience, what we mean when we say a Sabbath, to get a Sabbath experience uh, with us. And so um, 
during that time is uh, at the end of the day, towards the end of the day before they go, I, I give them a talk on the blue zones. And it's during the blue zones talk that I can bring in Loma Linda as one of the blue zones. And from that, I can go into the Adventist health study to talk about um, the advantages of a whole food plant-based diet compared to some of the other diets that the Seventh-day Adventists uh, follow. And so this gives them like a, a, another introduction into learning about um, the Seventh-day Adventist lifestyle. On the seventh week, the before we have the seventh week afternoon session, that morning we're doing the like the first uh, Sunday, we redo all their measurements, do all their blood tests again. And then on the eighth session is graduation. And uh, on graduation night, uh, we give awards. And we give awards, $25 Trader Joe's gift cards to those who have like the greatest percent weight loss, the, the most uh, systolic and diastolic blood pressure uh, millimeter points lower during the seven weeks. The largest decrease in fasting blood glucose or hemoglobin A1C, the highest drop in insulin, the highest daily goals points. And then we always have one for a category for the greatest overall improved person who improved in almost all, if not all of the categories. And so we give that one's a really special one to give. And what we find is that everybody at least improves in some area that we measure. They all receive a graduation certificate and, and they're given a chance when they get their certificate, certificate to share their experience, to give a testimonial. Uh, and we invite them at the end to become volunteers, become table leaders. This is where we get our table leaders, not necessarily church members, but we get it from alumni that go through the program. And they, by going through the program again as a table leader instead of a participant, they have told us that they get more out of the program a second time, not having to be bothered with filling in all the stuff, but just being able to focus and listen to the presentations and, and, and be given the educational information and all the other information once again. Um, they are obviously invited to continue in follow-up regularly at the monthly Vegan Gourmet Club meetings. And so that's the way we are able to kind of stay in touch with them, if not that they access even other programs. Our results have been, uh, since we've been kind of keeping better track of our results, in general, we have been able to take those who are diabetic, either by hemoglobin A1C or fasting blood glucose criteria, a third of the diabetics by the, by the seventh week are no longer diabetic by those criteria, they are in the pre-diabetes category. And those who are in the pre-diabetes category at the beginning, a third of them at least are now uh, not in the pre-diabetes category by both fasting blood glucose and hemoglobin A1C criteria. And in and, and this last class, which is pictured here, there were so many that were close. They had a, a normal hemoglobin A1C but their fasting blood glucose was like 101, just barely meeting the criteria for pre-diabetes and their fasting blood sugar. So just given a little bit more time, they would be also no longer pre-diabetic. So I wanted to share with you 
a letter that we received after this last class in 2020, before COVID hit. We started the class uh, and after one meeting, we had to close the class down. We tried to maintain contact with them with some Zoom meetings and it just wasn't really cutting it as well. There's just nothing, how, how, when we have explained to you our whole program, it's hard to do by Zoom. And so when things opened up again, we, we, we brought them in and, how, and we, get, we got about half the class that would come back and continue the program. The rest either felt they didn't want to risk it or whatever their reasons now, their schedule didn't match or whatever it was. So we had to, we had to restart uh, back in about April or May and finish the class, the last seven sessions. And so this group, we were able to socially distance. We were still able to do our same things with their masks. We had to prepackage the food for them and give it to them. There's no more going through lines and buffet style or anything like that. So we adapted to the regimens. And just after we finished the class, we had to shut down again. So this is a letter I wanna to read to you from our last, one of our last participants. And if you listen to the language, you will hear some of the things that we have pointed out that are key ingredients to an effective health ministry. So this is from Cindy, dated July 19, 2020. Dear Dr. Dave and all the besties, your Diabetes Undone program has been a life-changing experience to me. I sincerely appreciate all the information, dedication, love, energy, passion, support, and encouragement you have provided for our group, even with all the challenges of COVID-19. Dr. Dave, your knowledge of the human body and the information you have passed on to us is the foundation of a new lifestyle. Besties, the workouts, the amazing meals and preparation techniques you have given us are the tools to make this new lifestyle work. Together, you are such a blessing to so many. Thank you for all you've given us. You're a true gift. My story. I have been a dieter most of my life. As a teenager, I would go on the Dr. Atkins quick teenage diet and lose 10 pounds in one week, nothing but grapefruit, boiled eggs, and spinach. I managed to keep myself pretty thin. In college, it was the powdered drink diets. Later, it was Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, Jenny Craig, Fen Fen, Lindora, the list goes on and on. When I was in my 20s, I was told my triglycerides were high and I was put on statins. In my 30s, my doctor told me to go on a fat-free diet to lower my numbers. This was a lot of fun. Stores were marketing fat-free coffee cakes, fat-free ice cream, fat-free milk, fat-free breads. It seemed like everything was available fat-free. I ate a lot of white rice and pasta as I figured they were fat-free too. Unfortunately, my doctor did not explain the entire diet to me. When my numbers were checked, they were worse. And he said, stop whatever you were doing. I asked to be referred to a nutritionist and asked for a list of what I should eat. He would not help me. In my 40s, I went on the Atkins high protein diet. Weight just fell off. Steak, bacon, eggs, cheese, butter, everything but carbs and fiber. Yes, I was skinny, but I had never been so unhealthy. I'm lucky this didn't kill me. My cholesterol went through the roof. I was given more medication to combat it, but again, no proper advice on a healthy diet. In my 30s, I was diagnosed with hypothyroid. Just last week, I had some tests run and found out it was caused by Hashimoto's disease. They may have told me before, but it didn't register. Now, due to your diabetes undone, 
I know what an autoimmune disease is. At age 45, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. I had felt a lump for the past five years, but my doctor said it was nothing to worry about since it didn't show up in a mammogram and it didn't justify an ultrasound, but that's another story. With a mastectomy, chemo, and major reconstruction, no one mentioned the value of a quality diet. I now know that my cancer might have been preventable. At age 60, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I asked my doctor how I should change my diet. He prescribed Jardians and told me the medications would take care of it and will help me lose up to six pounds a year. I was up to 210 pounds, 60 plus pounds overweight. I had a fatty liver and my kidneys were damaged. I knew if I kept going the way I was, I would not have long to live. I became very depressed. He prescribed an antidepressant. He also prescribed another cholesterol medication. I refused to take it. Instead, I was going to try to go vegetarian on my own. I was craving vegetables and I wanted to listen to my body, but it was challenging with a carnivore boyfriend and a boating oriented social life that was centered around eating and drinking. Fortunately, alcohol has never been an issue. I was able to lose 40 pounds, but I was still diabetic, even with the medication and on antidepressants. I heard about the whole conference and attended with a friend. It opened my eyes to the new lifestyle I had been looking for. When I learned about the Diabetes Undone program at that conference, I knew I had to attend it. As it turns out, this is the program that I have needed my entire life. Since I began the Diabetes Undone program, I have not lost any additional weight, but I have maintained the weight that I recently lost, which I consider a huge win. I have stopped taking my diabetes medication and my daily morning blood sugar is now below 100. I have weaned myself off the antidepressants and I feel so much better. I hope to be able to manage my cholesterol without medication, or at least not have to take the additional one my doctor has prescribed. My triglycerides are a genetic issue, but now I know that I have the power to turn off that gene. I feel like I have a plan and I understand why it will work. I have thrown away all my old diet books and understand why their programs were not healthy for me and my body. And they did not generate sustainable weight loss. I feel like I am doing the right thing for my body the animals, and our planet. I do not feel like I'm killing myself anymore. Instead, I am living. I hope to be an example and educate others on the multiple benefits of a whole food plant-based diet. Thank you, team, for this life-changing program that you have put on through the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You are such an inspiration. The artistically presented delicious and creative meals have been amazing. I really appreciate the bags of sweet oranges, the pineapple sorbet, exercise sessions, and other treats along the way that have been so special, but it's the camaraderie and friendship I see in your group that really pulls it all together. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you have done with love and gratitude, Cindy. This is why we do health ministry, because it is so rewarding to see people's lives and impact them for change and be able to open up the way in which we can reach them spiritually. So thank you for attending our, uh, or watching or viewing our presentation today. And if you have any questions, uh, you can email us or contact the Amen people and they know how to get in touch with us. 
so that if you need any ideas or have any questions, then we can certainly help you if we can. We would be more than happy to do that. So thank you for being with us today. So long. God bless you all. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.